You are now listening to In Conversation with Mr. O, the podcast dedicated to machinery and equipment maintenance, reliability, and operations. It is presented by MRO Magazine, Canada's industry voice for maintenance and asset managers since 1985. I'm your host, Mario Suwinski, editor of MRO Magazine. Our guest today is Martha Myers, owner of Martha Myers Consulting Services. She is a graduate of mechanical engineering from Technical University of Nova Scotia with over 30 years experience in the petrochemical, chemical and energy industries. She has focused on maintenance and reliability, working in various roles to improve the value of physical assets, utilizing strategies for excellence in maintenance management. She completed the asset management professional program offered by PMAC through Humber College. She spearheaded the Nova Scotia PMAC chapter where she serves as the president. She resides in Nova Scotia. Martha, thank you for joining us today on In Conversation with Mr. O. Today, we will be looking at the importance of networking and education in the maintenance world. First, can you tell our listeners a little bit about your background and expertise? Uh, Sure. I graduated as a mechanical engineer in 88 uh, at Technical University of Nova Scotia, affectionately known as TONS by us graduates. I was working for MB Power on uh, the refurbishment of the, the very first can-do nuclear reactor in Canada, but I wasn't working in the maintenance and reliability field. I was on the um, commissioning team, and commissioning was uh, taking a lot longer than, uh, than planned, and an opportunity came up uh, to work in BC in maintenance and reliability, so I went to BC and worked for a consulting company there, but then got on with uh, BC Hydro. And so I spent five years at BC Hydro, and uh, then things kind of changed, and it gave me an opportunity to come back home to my home province of Nova Scotia. So three years ago, I came back home and decided to start my own consulting company so it's been uh it's been quite interesting over the last uh, i guess i'm in my um full uh second year as my with my own consulting company you started that after not being in uh that province for what over 30 years exactly 30 years i mean i came home i'm sure once a year if not sometimes twice a year uh, but i hadn't worked in in my home province uh since leaving uh from university yeah so it was it was quite a quite a uh quite a challenge uh kind of had to start uh, networking uh, again or uh, networking here and uh finding out more about my home province and and find out where the province was even around maintenance and reliability now, you mentioned uh, networking. Uh, you began the Nova Scotia chapter of PMAT. Can you speak to how that came to be and the importance of networking in general? Well, once I started my company and I, I was uh, learning how to you know, write a business plan and meeting other business owners and I would go to different networking events, but it was very difficult to find uh, people to talk to in the same field. I mean, I did reach out to some other uh, consultants, but I got involved in PMAC uh, and actually started taking um, the asset management professional courses and uh, learning about uh, the chapters that the P- what PMAC was all about and the, the chapters that they had a prov- around the province. And they there was no PMAC chapter in the Atlantic provinces. 
So I reached out to uh, one of my contacts and we decided to have an information uh, networking event prior to starting up the chapter to find out what interest was out there. And so we had that in, uh, I believe it was uh, November of uh, 2018. And we had such a great turnout. It was of course in person, uh, but we had um, people come from across the province and even from New Brunswick. And just to have that uh, group together with uh, kind of similar backgrounds and talking about the same things around maintenance and reliability and asset management was, was just thrilling. It was, it was amazing. So we basically realized, yes, there is a need and uh, we, we should get this chapter, chapter going. So our president, secretary and treasurer were the minimum requirements. And so I kind of convinced a couple people to step up in, the, in those roles. And our chapter was official in, I guess, January of 2019. Now, do you guys hold like, well, obviously not now, but do you, did you hold regular meetings and, you know, what, what's sort of, what did the, the members get out of the chapter? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, in our first year, which was last year, we actually did have four events. Every event was very well attended. Uh, we had a topic or a guest speaker each time and then time to network afterwards. And right now my contact list, I think, is around 100 people who were either had registered or showed up or were interested. So last year, yeah, we, got, we met our goal of getting four, having four events. Um, one night we did have like a, more of a social event but of uh, axe throwing, which was fun. But prior to that, we had a, had a presentation about the sinkhole in, uh, that occurred in, in Oxford, Nova Scotia, which was so interesting. So we try to get uh, a, some type of a topic or presentation and then, uh, and then do, the, do a networking thing. So for this year in 2020, of course, luckily we actually did get one event in in January, the end of January, and we had uh, Meet the Author and James Reyes Picknell, uh, the co-author of Uptime actually was at our meeting and he he gave uh gave a presentation and uh and then we networked after that it was excellent and then unfortunately COVID happened so we've kind of been in, in a bit of a standstill over this the summer and the fall but finally we got together again early in december and we did an online event and which was excellent uh that one was more of a networking how did everyone handle COVID over over the last say eight months and and shared their experiences and and then we talked about uh, going forward and so i'm really excited about 2021 because the online event worked great and it actually brought from our first event we had uh five uh people come from cape breton so i mean they drove you know, three hours to get to our first event. So, and they keep coming. So, but this made it even easier for them to to attend. And so, coming up in 2021, we hope to have maybe maybe only an hour um, event, but online with a presentation, and maybe even like every two months we could meet something like that. So that's kind of our plan going forward, and until we can meet again in person. Well, it seems to be the way of the world. Everybody on Zoom meetings lately. You know, everything used to be in person, and now we all have Zoom, which is ironically a company no one heard of about a year ago. 
Exactly, yeah. And we even tried uh, this last event, we had it at uh, lunchtime. So I know everyone is doing so many Zoom calls and stuff during the day that having another one in the evening was, I, we figured was a bit of a, it's tough, tough to do. You kind of want to take a break when you get home or even though you're probably working from home. But we tried this uh, one at noon and it, and it worked out really well. So we might mix it up a little bit, like have some at, uh, at noon again over their lunch kind of thing and then in, in the evening too. So, But everyone's getting, getting used to this new normal, I guess. Another thing that's uh, changed to virtual this year is uh, the PMAC Main Train Conference. Um, MRO partners with PMAC on many occasions and have at attended the conference regularly. You were on the 2020 committee and are going to be on the 2021 edition. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about the role and what to expect? I attended Main Train uh, 2019 in person in Edmonton and it was it was excellent and was asked to be on the committee for 2020. And so we had a, you know, started out, you know, right after 2019 after main train 2019 and uh so of course we were planning it was supposed to be in st john new brunswick and uh i guess around april we had to pivot the the word of the year uh and and plan an online conference and it it went really well i i was uh i think we were we were very pleased with uh how it went but the plan right now is to uh, we are planning for an online conference and uh, right off the, the bat. So that makes it a bit easier, I think, in, in our planning. Um, it's going to be a little bit later. It's September 28th and 29th. And uh, so we've already started. Uh, uh, we've got new committee members on this group. And we know that we can bring in uh, different, uh, say, keynote speakers, and we can, we're getting ready to uh, ask for abstracts and come up with our agenda, and it's going to be a great conference. I think we can, I've attended four conferences online this year, and with each one of them, I, I see benefits from each one, and, and I'm glad that I can contribute to Main Train 2021, and and we hope to get even more people out uh, next year and more um, sponsors. One one challenging thing with last year is, you know, it was a new platform, and and I I'm, I I think uh, some of the sponsors were maybe a little tentative too about you know what it was going to be like. But now we have a better idea, and we we definitely want to make it. Uh, uh, more advantageous for those for the, our sponsors uh, and get tons more people out for it because it's an it's an excellent conference. Yeah, it's actually the main train event. It was using I guess it was called the Feed Loop platform, and that was my the first time that I've seen that platform. Um, yeah. And it, it's 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 sort of I've used a bunch of different ones at different events, and it seems to be the one that captures you know, more of a conference setting more than any of the other ones. Yeah, it was a great platform. I had, I had attended a, um, a conference prior to Main Train that used Speedloop. So I was a little bit, you know, I guess experienced in using it. But it, and I think that's what uh, will, what helps to maybe next year is more, you'll get more familiar with it. But getting on early onto the conference, like the, 
because you could you could log in prior to the conference. Not that I don't think many people did, but being able to navigate through that uh, that platform um, and knowing how to navigate earlier kind of makes it a little bit more uh, efficient and effective as a platform. Um, I did attend a conference last week where uh, I believe it was probably just Zoom. And although the content was excellent and, and the way it was, uh, all the presentations were great, there, there was no, none of the networking element of it. So, you know, that was missing in it. So I think that is, uh, and it's something that I think people really love about MainTrain is or loved about it the in person is that networking part and and so we know that that is key to uh to a successful conference too is is being able to to network with other people so we will be making sure that there is time for that yeah that was that's i find one of the main ad advantages of that platform is that it's sort of based around the networking and also every attendee can put as much or as little information about themselves as they want you can put your social media you can you know put your bio your photo and all that stuff which on a lot of the other platforms you can't really do that exactly yeah and another um benefit too was the the sessions where we had three tracks uh and i was emceeing i think uh, one track or one whole stream and so i wasn't able to uh watch the other presentations but with it being online you had another two months after the conference that you could go in and actually watch the other the presentations that you missed that you may have wanted to go to you know that is a a big uh, benefit too for having uh these online platforms you know, if you go to a, a live event, you know, if there, if you're in a seminar or, you know, a presentation and it's not sort of what you were expecting, you could sort of walk out the door, go into the next room and listen to another one. What's good about the Feedloop platform is it sort of mimics that where, you know, if you start something watching it for five minutes and it's not sort of what you were expecting, you can just go to and watch another one. Or like you said you can you know if there's any you missed because you can't be in more than one place at once you can watch it later on exactly yep actually M mro is having a, a virtual virtual expo with our sister publication design engineering and we're using the the same platform for that oh. february oh that's great the conference i went to last week i, I was telling our committee how uh, they actually had trade show presentations, which were really well done. And I, I you could tell, I really believe that with, uh, you know, what happened this year with COVID that a lot of the vendors have probably had to do that pivoting and they've really come up with some great presentations that, you know, they probably would have done in person and, and now they had to adapt and, and, and create these presentations to, uh, showcase their products and and they were they were excellent yeah i don't think i've had so many invites for webinars in my email box ever in my life so. <laughs> exactly um yeah and, that, and and that's the thing it's you have to stand out about yeah. above the crowd because there's just so many now because everyone's pivoting to virtual yeah. so you know you you have to give people a reason to view your webinar or your virtual event over other people exactly yeah so so your mro virtual expo i think will well, i'm sure will be excellent <laughs> if we can be as good as main train we'll be happy <laughs> and main train is going to be even better for 2021 guaranteed <laughs>
Um, okay, uh, let's move on to, uh, you've been teaching a capstone module as part of the maintenance management professional program. Can you speak about that experience and why the program is important? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I just, we just wrapped up my, uh, I guess it would be my third time teaching uh, the maintenance management professional uh, mod eight, which is the capstone. And so last fall was my first time teaching it. And I was just uh, so impressed with uh, with that module and, and the students. As if the listeners don't know, uh, the MMP has eight modules. And the eighth one is this capstone module where they have to put together a business case for a, a maintenance or reliability improvement or process improvement, uh, either equipment system improvement or process improvement to the organization. So it's an actual uh, real life uh, example uh, to demonstrate what they've learned in all of their other modules. So it's quite a bit different from mod one to seven. So this last course, we, we had 20, 24 students even in the spring, I think we were, we had 25 students, so it was pretty full. And everyone is from, you know, different organizations and, and they're learning from each other. It's, it's different in that they, there's a, there's a format to it where they, one, they have to give a PowerPoint presentation as if they're giving it to management to pitch their idea for this business case, uh, this improvement and, or, and also a business case document. So they're working on this throughout the 10 weeks. So each week, there's uh, we split them up into two groups, and uh, each week there's a requirement for them to, to build on their project. And where they go from week one or, say, week two to the end of uh, week 10 is just incredible. Um, so the final week, uh, each student gives a 20-minute presentation on their on their ideas and what they've learned through their their eight modules or I guess seven and, and this one is is just amazing other uh, like I said they're from such a variety of different industries but they're still all working on a similar uh, type project right so it's it is a, a maintenance improvement project so we've Got, we had students from the oil and gas industry to the poultry industry to um, pulp and paper and and uh, municipalities also, as well as one student who worked at a resort. So the variety is is amazing, but what they learn from each other is is great, and I think they're they're such a benefit to their to their employers to to have this uh, this designation this this uh, professional designation I, I just love it <laughs> so I guess it's not really geared towards one industry it's sort of anybody that wants to know about maintenance management it'd be it'd be open to exactly yeah no it uh, it covers uh, all all industries and and even the the students they're they all have different roles and responsibilities within their within their companies. Like some, there so, may be some planner, uh, tradespeople, or uh, planners, engineers. It's it's a variety of uh, of different people. The main thing is, yeah, they are they are expanding on their maintenance uh, management skills. 
would you say it's geared towards more people that are just starting out or people that just want to increase their knowledge? I would say it's more uh, increasing their knowledge that uh, they've already, some have already been in in, the, in a maintenance role for years and, and maybe some have been, you know, maybe less than five years or something like that. Uh, but the common denominator is they want to improve their, their skills and knowledge around uh, maintenance management. And they've all taken mods one through seven so they've they've already got that background and and now they get to apply it to an actual project and uh, come up with that business case to convince management to go forward that that's the intent and well that that's the benefit really the intent is to show that they've understood and learned from their other modules but uh, in the end uh, putting it all together in a real practical uh, problem it's great to see now, the knowledge building is the, the most important part of the program. Would you say there's a, I guess, a networking aspect or being, you know, together with people from different industries is help, helps as well? Oh, I think for sure. It's very eye-opening to see that what you're, you're doing in, in your industry and is uh, applicable in another. Because, I mean, this may be the only other than going to a conference or something, this may be the only time that you get to uh, you get to see that uh, where maintenance and reliability is being used in, an, in another industry. Like even myself, I, I my background, I've been, I've I've worked in in many different uh, private or companies and and bigger companies, and until I took you know I took the asset management professional course, and half of the students were in in uh, private industry or in industry and the others were in, in public and I, I hadn't really uh, uh, you know it was kind of an aha moment for me even to see oh you know we are talking the same thing but we're in different industries so me taking the AMP was uh, an eye-opener and seeing that uh, seeing the other you know especially uh, you know say municipalities applying maintenance and reliability and asset management versus you know, where I worked before. And I think this is what the students in the MMP, certainly in the capstone project, because you are seeing uh, their project progress uh, from one step at a time. So you're really, uh, you're listening to each person give their presentation and, and, you know, you're actually, you know, you're up next or next week to give the same presentation and you're learning, you know, from some another industry, but you're using the same terminology, you're using, um, you know, the, it's it's all very similar so uh, you grow the comments that come back from from the course especially at the end is is it's all positive it really goes to show that maintenance really is across all industries right it doesn't matter what you're what you're making you one of the students um had just switched from the uh energy industry to pulp and paper like within this year like just before she started the final her final capstone project yet she could jump in and apply uh what she learned in the mmp from the industry that she worked previously right into this new industry it it didn't it didn't really matter i mean she's learning uh uh, I guess how to apply the processes in a different industry, but it's it's all this in a way it's all this the same. 
Um, switching gears for a little bit, uh, I'd like to discuss reliability culture and can you explain the importance? Uh, yeah, to me, a reliability culture, I think of reliability culture as an improvement culture, even like with that, always wanting to get better and, and learn from, from either failures or from incidents and, and getting better. I've worked in some some companies where that culture just wasn't there. And if you're that lone person that wants to like change the world or, you know, improve things and, and if you don't have the back, if that culture isn't there throughout the company, then it's, it's a bit, it's definitely a, a lot more, more challenging. So um, how, how that gets there, I, I'm not totally sure yet. Uh, it definitely comes from leadership. Let, let's discuss, uh, root cause analysis and the importance of getting to systemic root causes. Yes, root cause analysis is definitely one of my uh, favorite topics and, uh, and just the importance of, uh, of getting to the systemic uh, roots of, of why something happened or an unplanned event happened. Uh, I worked, like I said, I, I worked for a few different companies and and it seemed like each one had their own process for uh, doing root cause failure analysis. And I mean, it doesn't matter what tool you use as long as you're you're doing it. Um, and uh, unfortunately, sometimes it's the the cron or the sorry the the sporadic or the significant failures that uh, you know a, a root cause failure analysis will get done at a at a plant or whatever. And um, but it's even the chronic ones that can really uh, uh, sneak up and uh, be uh, biting you that you you, you don't uh, don't recognize. But um, and in some cases, you know, root cause analysis is you have to get beyond the physical uh, cause and get get to that systemic uh, process uh, issue that uh, caused that caused the unplanned event to happen in the first place and and it, it definitely uh it takes a lot of work and uh but i believe it it is important to getting that improvement culture so without naming any names uh do you have any interesting stories or what something that you've learned since you've started your consulting business well where i was working in uh you know the industry in different industries prior to starting my consulting business i've it's really opened my eyes since I've started my consulting is the is what's happening with municipalities and I've I've taken a, a real interest in in municipalities and asset management and where where all the, the provinces are with respect to asset management. And that's one area that uh, I just feel like I can bring my skills from where I've worked previously and and help and apply them to municipalities. Um, in Nova Scotia, we have uh, we have several municipalities and a lot of them are small. We have a few bigger ones, but most are very small. And you know they don't have the resources that uh, that the bigger municipalities would have. Um, and that's one area that I'm learning more about and offer and 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 trying to uh, get more involved and and help down the road in their maintenance and reliability programs so that's a positive thing 2020 has been a year like no other 
Um, how have you been able to cope during the pandemic? And do you have any interesting stories? As far as the pandemic goes, uh, for me, I was working from home prior to the pandemic. So I'm working from home even now. Uh, no more coffee meetings and a few more uh, Zoom calls. And it's also given me some time to uh, volunteer my services in, in many different ways. And, uh, one is in with uh, being on some conference committees and we have some permanent residents to Nova Scotia with engineering backgrounds that uh, I've been helping mentor in getting um, uh, acquainted with Nova Scotia and how to network. And in a way we have something in common. I mean, I'm not a come, I'm not, I'm from Nova Scotia, but moving, being away for 30 years, it's like I am a, a come from away. And, uh, and, and these uh, permanent residents, they're even, they're even further uh, come from away. But uh, I, I really enjoy uh, working with them and helping them in their finding uh, opportunities uh, within, within the province. It's so discouraging. They come with these amazing skills uh, from their country, yet it's so hard for them to uh, find similar opportunities here. And mainly it, it, it does have to do with uh, a lot of it has to do with networking. Uh, so 2020 wasn't all bad. Uh, my son got married uh, this past summer, which was uh, wonderful. His his wedding turned went from a 100 people in the backyard in New Brunswick to 12 people in the backyard in Nova Scotia, and uh, it was a great uh, it was a great day. It was the uh, best. It was I was the happiest and I was the saddest day too in a way because well his dog was uh, staying at uh, my house while the wedding was going on and while during the service uh, the dog had jumped out of our window so my brother had was checking on the dog and and I found out after at least it was after the vows that uh, the screen had been broken and and the dog had had escaped so I, I left the wedding and lied about why I was leaving, hoping I could find the dog right away. And about a half hour later, when my son called me and asking me where I was, I had to tell him and admit that Andy was gone um, and we were looking for him. So the, the wedding couple changed out of their clothes and it turned into a search party that took about five hours. And it was very... Uh, it wasn't looking very good, but then there was a sighting and he was found at about five hours later after and was a bit dehydrated. But then we all went back to the house and we continued the the, the first dance and speeches at, uh, you know, 11 o'clock midnight uh, that night. So it was it was quite an event. Yeah. And they got a crazy wedding story to tell. Tell oh, their definitely. kids down the road. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Thank you very much, Martha, for coming on In Conversation with Mr. O Podcast. That was a lot of great information on the importance of networking for our listeners to take in. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me, Mario.